What's going on, family? TGIF. Happy Friday and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing amazingly well. Listen, we've made it to the end of another week, and that alone is cause for great celebration. Not sure what the week has been like for you. I might tell you what the week has been like for me, but what I know for sure is that we're together, we're making great, great strides, and that today's a good day. It's Friday, right? So congratulations to you. Hey, listen, thank you so much for your continued support of all things connected to The Faction. Whether you follow us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show, or you're subscribed to this podcast on all of the outlets that you can check us out on, or if you're brand new to what we do, welcome aboard. Thanks so much, and listen, jump right in, right? Holler at us on social media, click that subscribe button, and you can get this content as soon as it drops. You don't have to wait for our announcement. You'll get it and you can consume it, enjoy it, and share it with your friends and loved ones. So there's quite a bit to get to. I want to start, of course, with AEW. AEW Dynamite took place, of course, this past Wednesday night, and it was a barn burner. We knew a couple of things coming into it. We knew that there would be an AEW world title match, which was a Texas death match between Hangman Adam Page and Lance Archer. We also knew that there would be a new superstar that would be signing with AEW and be a part of this face of the revolution qualifying match against Isaiah Cassidy. We didn't know who it would be. We didn't know all that was in store for us. Let's start by saying this, AEW, they're doing it right now. They are absolutely doing it. The ratings for Dynamite this week, 1.129 million viewers, which is up almost 200,000 viewers from the week prior where they were at 954,000 viewers. And I just have to tell you, man, AEW right now, they get it. They get it. They have been really crushing things as of late. And I have to say that I think they're in a really, really good space right now in terms of the content they've been giving us. I feel like this show was one of the most stacked shows they've ever given us from start to finish. And with that said, good grief. They've been on a roll in terms of the kinds of content that they have brought us. And man, it has been incredible. So I want to dig into a couple of things. There was the big signing, which I'll get into, but this other one kind of flew under the radar. And I think it tells us a lot about the AEW fan base. And let me explain what I mean. But before I get that, I want to talk a little bit more about these numbers because this is quite interesting to say the least for one not only did AEW Dynamite come in with 1.129 million viewers they were also the number one show on cable for Wednesday night and this is the biggest audience that they had since September so this was significant right couple that with the fact that you know they came in with a 0.41 rating for the key demographic of 18 to 49 which is pretty significant to say the least they beat raw when it came to the key demo raw had a 
0.36 rating in that key demo versus 0.41 for AEW Dynamite. Now, folks, of course, are wanting to make comparisons between Raw and Dynamite. I don't necessarily know that that's a fair thing to do because they are two very different products. But I do think there's a similarity, which I will talk about a little bit later. But now then, let's get back to some of the details of what happened at Dynamite, because again, one of the big moments that happened that kind of slipped under the radar, but I thought was programmed perfectly, was the entrance of Jay White through the forbidden door. And it happened in an outside segment that nobody saw coming brilliant brilliant move and what it also tells me about the AEW fan base is they are wrestling heads right and this is why I say that because had that debut happened perhaps in WWE the way that it did some folks may have responded to it perhaps the old NXT crowd would have the current Raw or Smackdown fan might not have because they may not have been aware of who Jay White was so Jay White coming over to AEW is massive and in case you're unfamiliar with who Jay White is Jay White is a former IWGP US champion he's a former IWGP heavyweight champion he has done so much in New Japan Pro Wrestling his war with Kenny Omega is well documented in fact speaking of that war with Kenny Omega he's the one that actually took the US title off of Kenny Omega and it's just pretty incredible to see how all of these things have gone down and now he has made his way through the forbidden door into AEW this is massive now he's also been skirting around through the forbidden door with impact as well so this is intriguing to see and to see him connecting of course with Adam Cole and the Young Bucks all referencing their bullet club history man there are stories and then literally five minutes later you had the debut of Keith Lee so we all wondered who this star could have been because of course there are a lot of names that were former WWE super stars that are now free agents and were available for that but Keith Lee showing up was amazing and I'll tell you this I think Keith Lee fits so well into AEW for a few reasons number one he gets to really be the big man that he is right there aren't the limits that were put on him in WWE and let me explain what I mean by that WWE has always had a perception of what the big man is supposed to be able to do. And the big man doesn't leave his feet very much. The big man is, you know, really monstrous in his presentation and does not do all of the acrobatic and athletic things that Keith Lee is capable of doing. Let's consider this. Remember the classics that Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic had, of course, in NXT and then both of them were on either Raw or SmackDown but both of them were on Raw and they didn't get to have those kinds of matches that just speaks to the way that WWE views the larger competitor with that said because WWE can be the land of the Giants AEW is not the land of the Giants and so we really get to see just how massively incredible Keith Lee happens to be Keith Lee looks happy 
Obviously, what a week for him. He just got married over the weekend to Mia Yim. And the brilliance of AEW to not give it away, right? To not randomly show a crowd shot of Mia Yim until after the match was over. Like, I just thought the way it was executed. And I got to tell you, the way that Tony Schiavone just went nuts for Keith Lee. That was amazing to me. It's clear that there is a commitment from AEW to put the rocket ship behind Keith Lee. And I am excited for that. And if that were enough for AEW Dynamite, I would have been pleased. But then we also get the all-star unbelievable tag team of CM Punk and John Moxley against FTR. What did we do to deserve this? Like, this is greatness personified. An amazing tag team match that they had. You also have this situation with the inner circle seemingly imploding. And then proud and powerful, that amazing tag team having these promos with Jericho where it seems like proud and powerful should be the heel. And yet they point to the fans for support. And so now it's really putting it out there where the lines are murky. We can't figure out who's the heel, who's the face. It's fantastic. And it's a week without Brandy Rhodes on our television. Now, let me just be clear. I'm rooting for everything black. You guys know that. But I'm also an honest and real person. And I don't think that Brandy Rhodes is most effective in front of the camera these days. I'm a bigger fan of what she did behind the camera in brokering a great deal between AEW and the American Heart Association. Like those kinds of things as the chief brand officer are things that make a lot of sense for the promotion. So with that said, I think AEW just knocked it out of the park this week. And I'm gonna go so far as to say this, and I mentioned this in a private conversation with my good brother Courtney Beard when we were talking about AEW Dynamite. I feel like AEW and the stride they're on right now is akin to the WWE in 1997 and 1998. There was a period there where their shows were so strong every week, where their roster was so stacked that you could not afford to miss a minute of Monday Night Raw because you didn't know what was going to happen. And all of these guys were fighting to just absolutely crush it. That's what we have in AEW. So with that said, it leads us to a very interesting question as we approach the three-year anniversary of AEW and the influx of so many stars. What does that mean for the future of AEW in this year alone, we're gonna talk about that when we return. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. What are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see 
all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perceptions, reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here for it a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win, Southern Honor Wrestling is now on IWTV. Relive the biggest moments and memories from SHW's historic first year. I'm in Dallas Bacon here at Southern Honor Wrestling. But Jericho is here and can't watch out. It's going on. because we're just getting started. Don't miss another second of SHW, the fastest growing independent promotion in the Southeast. Check out Southern Honor Wrestling now at independentwrestling.tv. New subscribers use promo code SHW to get five free days. SHW, this is our wrestling. Okay, so it's time to have a very interesting conversation about AEW. So we are loving what AEW is doing right now. Obviously being a home for former indie stars who were once in WWE who find themselves now available. And so with the addition of some of the folks that they have brought onto the roster just in the last six months alone, think about it, we've seen Adam Cole and quite frankly the rest of Undisputed Era show up right we've seen Brian Danielson Ruby Soho now of course we've got Keith Lee we've seen Alistair Black of excuse me Malachi Black Brody King Jay Lethal a ton of influential and important names so now you have to ask yourself Two very important questions. Question number one is what does this do to the rest of the roster in terms of TV time? Question number two is how much of the roster can you keep with these additional folks coming into play? We saw the return of John Moxley, of course, CM Punk. All of these things have happened in the last six months. So with massive stars like that, 
What happens to some of the newer stars that were being built in AEW? Some of the names that we might have seen more frequently on our TV screen during year one and year two of AEW that we might not be seeing now. One of the other things I think is interesting is there's only so much TV to go around. Since AEW started, of course, they began with AEW Dynamite. Then they added AEW Dark. Now there's AEW Dark Elevation and, of course, AEW Rampage even with all of that it is still a very talent heavy roster so what happens well recently Tony Khan was in an interview and he was being asked about this and Tony Khan said something very interesting one of the things that he said was he did not want to release people during the pandemic with his understanding that during the height of the pandemic and the beginning of the pandemic Independent wrestlers did not get the opportunity to really work because most of those organizations were closed. The only two games in town were WWE and AEW and WWE, of course, was continuing to release people. And it actually got pretty heavy during the launch of the pandemic and in the last year or two. So now we're getting to a space where contracts are getting ready to be up for renewal as several signed a three year deal with a three year deal. 2022 marks year three of the launch of AEW. So now we have some real interesting questions to ask. And I think this is what's important. It's important to understand that as a businessman, Tony Khan has already said, I have to make some tough decisions and there are going to be some contracts that are not up for renewal. And part of the reason for that is he has to make a very real decision. The roster can only be so big. There's only so much money right now that you can allot to, of course, the salaries and the like. And you have to decide who is more valuable to your company. It's a business decision. It's a business decision that I understand. And some may say, well, are you being a bit more lenient on AEW than you are WWE? Well, no. I also understand what it's like to grow a business from the ground up. And when you get to that three year point where things are really, you know, there's a lot of momentum, there's a lot of hype. You also have to really consider the fact that because the business has grown, you can't run it the same way you ran it as a startup. So they now have to make some difficult financial decisions. And think about this. They have brought a ton of people onto the roster and there are very few people who have left AEW. You can probably count it on one hand, the people who have left AEW. So who ends up on the chopping block? I don't know. I will say you should probably prepare in certainly the next few months to start hearing about people's contracts not being renewed in AEW. And in my opinion, I think it makes sense. You can't possibly keep everybody. Now, I think the big difference, if people are trying to make a difference between AEW and WWE right now, is I think AEW is obviously a brand new company. They're not sporting a billion dollars in revenue in the last year because they're still a relatively new company. They're going to try and make decisions uh, that are going to help keep the company profitable. WWE did the same thing. I think the difference here is it is wildly insensitive to say we just had the largest quarter in our history after releasing 30 people, right? Now, I think 
when we look at some of the people that WWE released, in some cases, they released folks who weren't really on television. But that's, again, some cases, because we saw other cases where people literally were on WrestleMania that Sunday and were released by that Tuesday. Or we saw some former world champions like Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, former NXT champions like Killer Cross and Keith Lee, who all found themselves on the chopping block. So, I think it's going to be interesting. I think anytime you release anybody, it is never a fun moment. Uh, it's always better to hire than to fire, at least in terms of how you feel publicly. But I also think that, you know, they're going to have to make a decision in terms of how many salaries they can continue to carry as the company grows, simply because you can't continue to increase your expenses without increasing your income. And if they're not careful, they'll end up in a really dangerous situation. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch what happens with Tony Khan and AEW over these next few months, who they decide to release. They're going to have to keep the cream of the crop because at this point, they're learning what's making the show work. And when you are number one on cable, you've got to continue that because it's continuing to grow your fan base, grow revenue, grow exposure. It makes sense. So I'll be intrigued to see what happens in the world of AEW over the next few months. I want to see who you think from AEW might not make the cut when it comes time for contract renewal. Let us know in the comments on the socials at The Faction Show. Before I go, I really want to suggest this and I want to offer this to you guys tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. Check out the latest edition of the SHW podcast. It will air live on both YouTube and Facebook uh, at SHW pod uh, or, of course, at Southern Honor Wrestling on Facebook. I want you to check it out. I honestly think it's one of the most important conversations we will ever have in the history of our organization. There have been a lot of things that have been going on in the last week. I've not talked about them publicly and I've not talked about them on this broadcast, but we're going to talk about them tonight while reviewing SHW 36, which SHW 36 is now available on IWTV. So make plans 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. Check out the SHW podcast. It's a super important conversation that I think you're going to want to hear. It's a courageous conversation, so absolutely check it out, and uh, I want to hear your thoughts about it when it's over. Meet us in the comments there at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central at Facebook.com slash Southern Honor Wrestling. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. Have an absolutely amazing day. Check out SmackDown tonight and, of course, AEW Rampage, and I think next week we'll have some NWA conversations because there's something very interesting happening in the NWA that you might actually want to be a part of. So, We'll talk about all of that next time. But until then, representing from a good brother's Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray, my name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I my people.